Good morning, good afternoon and good evening from wherever and wherever you're listening to. Welcome to the Peripatia Theatre podcast, Flipping the Script, with today's guest, Hannah MacDonald. <laughs> Lovely to have you with us, Hannah. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, really excited. First episode out and we're ready to go. So Hannah, just tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so I'm um, an actor and writer. I'm based in Manchester. I'm from Manchester. And yeah, I think <laughs> that's all there is to know about me. <laughs> Excellent, good. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, it's great to have sort of a Northern voice as a first um, start to this podcast. I mean, it's, yeah. we're a Northern-based company, so it's, it's great to have that Northern voice as a first um, guest on the episode. So let's understand a bit about you, Hannah. Let's go back to the very beginning. When was that first memory of the theatre, first memory of the arts? I would probably say um, my mum used to take me to um, to watch musicals. We weren't kind of going to like plays and stuff like that. We were going to a lot of musicals when I was younger. Um, so I saw like Joseph and his Technical Dream Co and uh, Grease. Um, and I remember her taking me to see Greece. I think it was at the Opera House maybe. And um, I remember us leaving and as we were walking to the car um, after we'd watched Greece, um, I remember the cast were in their dressing rooms and I must have, I was really young, I must have been about five or something. And the cast were waving to us from the dressing rooms and I was so excited um, by like the glamour of it all. <laughs> and I think that was kind of my expectations that these <laughs> that these actors were these really glamorous, exciting, cool people. Um, I, I think kind of going to watch musicals when I was younger and seeing like seeing that, yeah, that that kind of lit the fire in me. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting that you speak about sort of musicals and sort of commercialised theatre because uh, uh, we'll probably delve into this later on. But that's not your type of theatre, I don't think. I think your theatre is no. more straight and, and narrow yeah, sort of instead of the sort of the, the showcase of what musical theatre gives us. Um, so that's yeah. really interesting. So when would you say then, moving on from that, of that first moment, that first memory of having sort of musical theatre, where did that sort of idea plant its seed and go, ah, actually, no, this is something that I really want to do? Well, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know this about me, but I actually didn't. I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to be a holiday entertainer. Oh, um, right. <laughs> so I really wanted to work in um, holiday entertainment. I wanted to go and work abroad. And I wanted that from a very young age. Um, I was watching kind of the shows on holidays when I was younger. And uh, my mum's got this video of me when I'm two. And I'm just stood at the stage with my hands on the stage while they're performing, just staring at them in complete awe. And yeah, I, I just always wanted to do that. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I'm from a working class family. I didn't know that acting was a career that was available to me, I guess. Um, I'm the first kind of creative in my family. So I guess kind of when I went to college and studied drama, I mean, I'd always done like drama classes growing up, but it was always kind of perceived as a hobby. It was never seen as something that I could go on and do. So I think when I went to college and a lot of people were going on to uni to study it, I was kind of like, oh, 
I could kind of take this further. But even when I was at college, um, you know, in my first year, a lot of people were like, oh, what uni are you going to go to? And um, I was the first one in my family to go to uni. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to uni. I'm going to be a holiday entertainer. Still with that <laughs> in mind. Yeah. And um, I think um, Lucy, my uh, teacher at college um, for A-level drama, she was like, you know, why don't you study this at, at uni? And that kind of planted the seed for me that it was kind of possible to go on and study it. I mean, I think there's, from that sort of holiday experience, there's always that showmanship that comes with with that. So maybe that's where the musical theatre draws its line, that sort of um, being a performer, being on stage. Um, yeah. That just shifted really, didn't it? It's, it's not been thought of too different from what musical theatre is but that, that interesting shift there so let, let's go back into that training then so we're in college um and we've got sort of lucy uh, just for the listeners benefit we're both taught by the same sort of people at college uh, so we both had lucy wonderful lucy so what was that thing that you learned at college would you say that's been a, a guidance towards your training i mean i feel like lucy kind of opened my eyes that it was possible to go on and and study this and and become an actor and you know she'd she'd talk about like past students that she'd had that had gone on to to do this as a career so I think the thing that I'd learned was good like you know it opened my eyes that this was a possibility for me yeah so yeah that would probably be my main takeaway is that I could kind of make this it sounds so cringe but <laughs> make the dream into a reality I guess yeah I mean yeah I think that's what I think a lot of people at college we start opening their eyes don't we towards yeah what, what could be within the future so let's take it then into a university level then so where did you study at? Uh, I studied at Staff Staffordshire University so hard not to just say staffs um (laughs) um, I studied um drama performance and theatre that's what the course was called at the time and just give us a bit of background information towards that and that sort of process over the three years it's a three-year BA course um you do you learn all different things you learn um how to form your own theatre company, you learn, um, you study acting and various different theatre practitioners, (laughs) all sorts. Um, I'm not kind of, yeah, it feels so long ago. Do you think that's beneficial then, that sort of studying all sorts, that sort of the wide range that Staffordshire University gives you? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, like I didn't kind of come with a great knowledge of like straight theatre like I just knew about like musical theatre and stuff so it really opened my eyes to kind of all the various roles in the theatre and um you know all the different practitioners that exist and all this different work and these uh various forms of theatre and there was so much stuff that I I didn't know about um so yeah I think you know getting to learn all the different aspects of theatre in all its different forms that was just a massive eye-opener for me wonderful definitely that sort of uh, eye-opener experience of finding your niche I think that's what university does into it is finding the niche of what works for you so then let's fast forward a little bit um when was that early work when did that start happening for you um, the early work, um, I mean, I graduated in 2016 and didn't, even after I graduated, I, I didn't know how to kind of navigate the industry. Um, I mean, a lot of 
um a lot of the people that I went to uni with they didn't kind of go on to do this as a career um so it took me until 2018 to kind of start finding work and figuring out how to make it work and I was very fortunate to um have met my friend um Casey Mitchell at staffs and um, we'd gone back as graduates to do a alumni dinner thing and we performed a small section of the Midsummer Night's Dream and I met Katie and um, it was actually Katie who got me involved in my first ever project and uh-huh. um, so kind of if I hadn't met her through the alumni at uni yeah. um, then I wouldn't have had this first project um, which was the the boundary so I did that with 16 wall productions we performed the boundary it was through our friend um, Caroline Scott it was her uh, MA project and she was kind of exploring the links between like director and writer and the relationship between the two um, so we kind of did this R&D for a couple of months on this amazing project which was about like the plague and the stories of um, the people in this little village called Iam. And yeah, we worked on this and then we did a performance of this. Um, and yeah, that was kind of my first project. I mean, it is really interesting because that's the working relationship that you've kept with uh, Casey there. Yeah. You've sort of recently done work with her. So that's really interesting. That sort of one night became sort of a, a critical point for all the, the sort of long term effects towards that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the writer from that, um, Emma Hines, um, she is an incredible writer. If you don't know about Emma Hines, get to know um, because she's incredible. And um, I mean, if it wasn't for Emma as well, she's brought me on to um, a couple of projects now. So yeah, um, I kind of owe a lot to to the two of them, really. Excellent. And then just let's talk a bit about Emma then. Let, let's give a rough guidance. So what other work have you done with Emma? Um, so, I mean, we've recently worked on Pure with um, her productions, which is Emma's incredible uh, play about kind of Christianity and gender roles in the church and sexuality in the church and... Um, she just writes these brilliant kind of feminist pieces um, and it's pure is a really brave kind of exploration about um, her experiences within church communities and um, the people that she's met and knows in church communities and kind of yeah some of like quite toxic areas of, of those communities um, yeah that, that's kind of what we explored in the R&D for that. And then you did something that not a lot of us have been able to do, you actually put on a show at, <laughs> yeah. at the Hope Mill Theatre. Talk us through that aspect there Hannah because I know it was sort of live streamed instead of being in front of a live audience. What's the difference to what? Yeah <laughs> it's a very different experience Um it just kind of felt like kind of like a dress rehearsal like it didn't feel it didn't feel real I mean obviously you had the cameras there so we had like three different cameras and yeah it just it just felt very strange because you're kind of used to to feeling the energy of the audience kind of um the apprehension their excitement you're used to having that energy in the room um and and I know you're not always supposed to look at the audience but like um, I will always look out and like really focus on individuals yeah. and kind of not yeah. having that. It's so strange. So yeah, yeah, I find it very strange. Yeah, I but mean, I mean, it, yeah, we were we were lucky to be able to perform yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. So 
uh, regardless how that happens it was it was kind of incredible to be able to do that i mean it, i think it's a total learning curve having all this new live stream technology that's involved because it's nothing that we've sort of really embedded within theater before i mean the national theater sort of records stuff put that out but it's only sort of one set night instead of saying well actually the, the live stream is going to be for the performance end off i think that was it must have been sort of a scary nervous moment but then when you when you're there you sort of get used to it after a couple of minutes we had a we had a really great team um yeah. of creatives with us so i think although it felt strange we were kind of all in it together and i think yeah. that's that's the thing with theatre like it's there's so much about like collaboration and stuff yeah. that if you've got a good team then you can kind of make anything work yeah I definitely that sort of teamwork makes the dream work um yeah is what theatre is about um, we're throwing out all the cringy quotes today I know <laughs> <laughs> So Hannah, just tell us a little bit about your writing work. So I have probably been writing since, I don't know, I was a child. I've always written like all different things. I used to write scripts when I was younger um, and force my family to watch me perform them in the living room. Um, so they really enjoyed that, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to I used to always write scripts and little stories and poems. And I never again, you know, the same with um, what I've been saying about acting. I didn't know it was a possibility for me to go into writing. And it kind of wasn't until um, I was in my final year at uni and I studied a module in playwriting. Um, with uh, Debbie McAndrew, um, the amazing Deb, yeah. and she kind of inspired me to to start writing really her module was incredible I took so much away from it and you know she's the reason that why I wrote my kind of first short play and yeah then since since that I've just kind of um I've written for a couple of different theatre companies including yourselves I've I've written articles for a couple of different publications um and yeah I mean I'm currently working on um a two-hander about uh, body image and stuff and obviously I'm working on am I allowed to say go on <laughs> I mean I'm currently working with um Anna and Bernadette who also write for Perpetia we're um you know writing three nights of audio drama um so yeah I I kind of do a mixed bag of writing yeah I mean, the, the audio drama, it's really shaping up to be a really impactful project, I think. That's coming out this summer, so um, keep your eyes peeled. What One question that springs to mind, which I always find fascinating with people who have sort of dual identities within the sort of creative arts industry, is what's the difference in your mindset from acting Hannah to writer Hannah? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I feel like writing is writing for me is such like a solitary kind of act um like acting for me is is so much about collaboration and yeah. getting to work as part of a team and with other people whereas writing is something I've always kind of done independently by myself um sometimes kind of to me in detriment detriment because I find it really hard to to give away my writing or to ask yeah. somebody to look over it which you need people to look over your writing yeah. to kind of I can't edit my work. <laughs> I, I can write 
for England, but I cannot edit to save my life. So you need somebody to look over your work. And I've really struggled with that. Um, but writing is something that I can kind of do anywhere. Yeah. If I get an idea, I can I can start on it straight away. Yeah. Whereas with acting, you kind of, you need that team around you. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of the difference between the two for me. Yeah. I mean, we've had sort of past conversations, haven't we, about that writing process that you go through. Navigate us a bit around your research that you do um, towards writing. See, with research, it kind of varies. It depends what um, what piece I'm working on and kind of who it's for. I mean, like when I when I wrote the the piece for the Independent um, about Michaela Cole's incredible series, I May Destroy You. That is a massive recommendation from me. Um, when I kind of wrote about that, I, you obviously, if you're writing for specific publications or maybe even if you're writing for specific theatre companies, it's good to kind of see what else um, they've put out there yeah. um, to kind of know that your writing will be suitable for them. Um, so I guess kind of just looking through like past things that they've put out there um, and then in terms of like the the subject matter of the pieces that I'm writing, I'll just kind of um, consume anything, whether it's a podcast or a book or a TV series or something around that subject matter. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of consume that yeah. and um, then that'll kind of inspire me of what kind of route I want to take that piece. Yeah, I mean, that that's really interesting, that sort of embodying the, the work that you do and incorporating that to sort of everyday life, whether it be books, yeah. television shows. Um, I think it's really interesting. Let's move then to recommendations. So what recommendations have you got us for, for us today, Hannah? Oh, gosh. Um, a great starting place is, um, am I allowed to say anything? Like, because you yeah, know how much I love anything. my books. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron um is amazing um she is a really great voice for um artists everywhere of any kind of um in any kind of industry whatever industry you're working as a creative she's a great kind of voice to look to and um, she really kind of inspires people to um I mean like the artist way is like a workbook um yeah. so she's kind of forcing you to work on yourself and work on yourself as an artist yeah. um, and she recommends these like artist dates so you take yourself out to uh, a museum or an art gallery or to see a show um and she's kind of encouraging you to kind of be immersed in in culture because obviously that will inspire you in your own practice and your own work so yeah, uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, I recently read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That was really great. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I read so many books. Um, Just let us go back towards that uh, Julia book there. I think that's a really great book if you're sort of a, a working actor, a jobbing actor. Um, yeah. Because we're, we're often fed these sort of really sort of bad idea that if you're acting, you've got to work, you've got to get employed in order to be the artist. And I yeah. think that book, what that then brings out in you, that you you actually can find your work, but you don't have to get paid for it. You're still an artist at the end of the day. If a painter yeah. wants to be a painter, he paints. If an actor yeah, wants to exactly. be an actor, you just immerse yourself 
So it's finding that yeah. way of being an artist. Yeah, I think there's there's a, there's a common misconception about um, actors and about about a lot of people in this industry that um, we're constantly working. Um, but you're right, like you know, you're an actor whether you're in employment or not. Yeah. Um, and she really kind of hones in on that and. I mean, it inspires me as a working class person because there is, you know, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a lot of nepotism in the industry. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, th those opportunities aren't always available to working class people. And we've got to be honest about that. Um, and I think what Julie Cameron does in this is, is she inspires and, and proves that anybody can be um, a creative. Um, you don't have to. Um, I mean, obviously, having a lot of money and coming from a very wealthy yeah. background, that offers you a lot of opportunity. Um, but you don't have to have that in order to be um, an artist, to be a creative, to work in these industries. Um, you can create the work for yourself. And it is more difficult and there are more constraints and barriers. But, you know, it is a possibility. Um, so I think she is a really great inspiration for kind of anyone really looking to be in these industries just a sidebar question there do you think being a work, working class creative implements the jobs that you go for or the, the the stuff that you read and watch um i mean i am kind of i do find i do kind of find myself um drawn to looking at work by working class artists to kind yeah. of reinforce that it's still a possibility for me because you know, there are times that you go through as an actor where um, you kind of think, is this for me? You know, when you have the periods of unemployment or you're kind of in that in-between part between projects, you kind of think, you know, am I in the right thing for me? Will I make it? You know, there's, you know, you still get the, the, the kind of family parties where people are like oh why don't you just ring up Corey and it's like mm, it's not how it works yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you know they kind of don't understand that you know that the the work that we do in theatre is just as important and just as exciting as um being in an ITV drama they think that like if you're not on TV and you're um you're not this big kind of household name that what you're doing isn't as important so yeah I mean there's a really great working class artist that I look to a lot, which he's called Scotty. Um, he is uh, brilliant. He's the work that he creates is incredible and really important. And you know, they're a really they're a massive advocate for working class artists. Um, they do a lot of workshops and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think I kind of do look to other working class artists and yeah. the work that they're creating yeah definitely I think reinforcing sort of your upbringing I think is really impactful and the, the more that we can do that within the industry the more sort of wide range diversity that we can then have towards yeah. the, the jobs that we can give let's come to the conclusion then so what is one <laughs> bit of advice you will give someone younger than you Hannah this is a question that we like to ask all the guests but what is one bit of advice you would give someone younger than you? I would say um, be bold um, and be brave. Um, I think that was something that I was taught a lot in my training um, is, you know, to follow your instincts um, and 
that your voice is needed. Um, my friend Emma Hines tells me a lot. <laughs> she has to reinforce that with me a lot that my voice is needed. Um, you know, and I think definitely it's something that I would want to put out there to kind of young working class um, artists is that you know your voice is wanted your voice is needed and um, we need a variety of voices in this industry you know we need uh queer voices we need um voices of black asian you know minorities we need more um voices amplified in this industry we you know we need to hear from females we need um to hear from people from working class backgrounds you know, we need to amplify those voices. So I think just kind of knowing and understanding that your voice is important um, is, you know, probably my biggest piece of advice, really. Excellent. Um, yeah, definitely. So be bold, be brave, I think is the, yeah. the message for this, this sort of episode of the podcast. Be bold, be brave. Hannah, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for taking you for time out to record. Take care. And you guys, I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thanks so much.